Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now watching Believe. Do you believe? Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars tight end Clay Harbor on a second straight victory Tuesday here in Duval. How about it, Clay? Man, what a game. This is, uh, that was, I just rewatched it. I was talking to Jordan um, before we got on here and. I'm still thinking, even though I know the outcome of the game, I go, there's no way that the Jaguars pull this off. I'm like, Clay, what are you talking about? You know they win. You know the outcome <laughs> of this game. But, I mean, what a performance by our, our main man, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this guy is proving that he's an elite quarterback. And right now he's playing like a top-five quarterback, and I know we'll get into that later and uh, see where we rank him. But uh, unbelievable performance. I'm excited. The Jaguars in the driver's seat this late in the season with a chance to make the postseason. Like, this is great stuff for Duval. Long awaited, much deserved. You know, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a wild three weeks here. Uh, you can follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. And uh, make sure to subscribe and review on your, on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to watch the video version of this show, you can check it out on the GenJag YouTube channel. Really appreciate y'all's support. So, a perfect weekend, really, for the Jags when it comes to getting closer to that AFC South crown, trying to get their second AFC South title in franchise history after realignment back in 2001. They had, I think, three division titles prior to that uh, in the AFC Central. But looking for their second AFC South crown, they got a little bit closer to achieving that, a 17-point comeback against the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, doesn't matter. And then a Titans loss to the Chargers in Los Angeles. That was a tight game as well. It doesn't get any better than that if you're a Jaguars fan. Like, there was no better result for the Jaguars this weekend because make no mistake about it, getting into the playoffs for these Jaguars, it's about winning the AFC South. The chances of them winning a wild card spot, uh, incredibly unlikely. It's about getting in front of the Titans in the division race. And the Jaguars are now 6-8, and eight, one game back of the Titans, who are 7-7 seven and seven, with three games to play. And we all know they square off in Jacksonville to end the regular season. And that game, that wow. could get flexed to Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, could get flexed to Sunday night. That could be one of the most important games in the NFL in Week 18. Uh, so I'm fired up for wow. it. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's like the Jags fans literally wrote the script this week. It's like they wrote the script for the NFL and said, hey, we're going to have the Titans lose a tight one in San Diego. Herbert playing big down the stretch team that the Jaguars beat, I might add, in San Diego. Beat the brakes off of. Yeah, I think they broke something yeah. like a 20 game or 18 game away losing streak. Something that like that. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously the big win against the Cowboys and what a game the Cowboys are a hell of a team Cowboys were 10 and three I mean that's that's a big time win good quarterback Micah Parsons Demarcus Lawrence they just had their big Tyron Smith is back I mean Ezekiel Elliott Tony Pollard CD Lamb and they made some plays and I mean credit to the Cowboys they, they played a good game but the Jaguars just made more plays down the stretch. 
Trevor Lawrence showing why he was the best quarterback on the field, making some big throws, and it was good to see Travis Etienne come back with a big game over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, and this was a huge win. I know it's just one step along the way to the Jaguars' really unlikely playoff berth, potential playoff berth. Um, you know, after being what uh, the Jags, I think, were two and two and six at one point. Now they're six and eight, and so yeah. And look, the Cowboys—they had dropped fifty-four on the Colts. They had dropped. They beat the Vikings a few weeks ago, forty to three. Right, wow. like this again, ten and three. With a really good quarterback, a really good running game, a talented offensive line, one of yeah. the better defenses in football, and they did. They stormed out to that twenty-seven to ten lead um, over the Jaguars and the, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson. They don't care, and I think everybody is being elevated by those two men right now, by Doug Peterson as the head coach and by Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. I think that those two guys are making a lot of these players that, you know are having career years. They're they're helping them do that. When you talk about Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, all these guys having their best seasons of their career, even on the, along the offensive line, Cam had been playing pretty, really well until he got injured for the most part, and Jawan Taylor's having the season of his life. And I think the defense is feeding off of that energy too. They're like, we can go out here and play fast and loose because we know that Trevor is going to get the job done for us no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And it just feels it just feels like they believe is is, you know, no pun intended, but it feels like they have that belief in Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, the whole offense. They're expecting to pull these games out at the at the end now. Yeah. That's the diff. You win one and now you're starting to win in different ways. You pull one out and now you're saying, hey, we can still do this. We've done it before. And that's important. Being on a team like the old Jaguars with Gus Bradley when we're winning four games and going to New England in free agency the next year, the biggest thing I can say, what was the difference? People always ask me what they just believe. They believe that they're going to win. The guys, the team, obviously we had Tom Brady and then we had Blake Bortles. But no matter what we got down, even when Tom Brady was out with Deflategate, we still went three and one. Okay, with Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy G is our quarterback. Why? Even some of the players, I remember us asking each other, you guys, why are why are we winning? So we're like, I don't I, I think it's just coaching and like we we just know we're gonna win. <laughs> it's belief, and you're starting to see that in the Jaguars. And as cheesy as that sounds, like that's a real thing. If you think you can pull it out, you think you're gonna pull it out, you start pulling these things out. You really speak yeah. it into existence. And now they're a team that really believes that they can do this, and you're starting to see it. And I don't see this momentum stopping, knock on wood. Yep. I think now they're a team of destiny, and they believe it. They say, we came back. We started 2-6. and six. Now we're right here. The, 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 the ball's in our court. I think it's going to happen, baby. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I'm with right there with you, and that's so funny. You know, no pun intended, they believe. Um, hey, you're a company man. Love it. Um, but I do think the, I was thinking about this last night. I was, you know, what is the theme of this Jaguars team? What is, what is their identity in 2022? I do think it's belief uh, because, you know, again, you start two and six, you start out two and one, and then you lose five straight. 
And then you still have this team talking about, you know, this isn't over and you don't have anyone uh, kind of taking plays off or not having full buy-in. They just continued to believe in Doug Peterson and they continued to believe in Trevor Lawrence and believe in themselves. I think that Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence have helped given the players around them the confidence to play at their very best. And that's why you're seeing those career years. And I think Trevor Lawrence is playing at an MVP level right now. And I saw on YouTube last night, uh, the NFL NFL's official YouTube posted Trevor Lawrence playing at an MVP level. And he is, he has eight touchdown passes in the last two games or excuse me, yeah. eight total touchdowns, seven passes, one rushing, uh, two big wins. The Jaguars have won three of four, four of six, all on the back of Trevor Lawrence playing at an MVP level, 15 total touchdowns in six games, uh, only the one interception. And, and it's just a guy that operationally it's, it's fantastic. And it has been for a while for Trevor Lawrence in terms of, you know, uh, just the footwork, the drop back, getting the ball out on time, reading the defense, understanding your offense, all those things. Uh, but now you're seeing so many of these plays that are above and beyond the X's and O's, you know, rolling out to your right, dropping yeah. a 50 yard dime to Zay Jones, who absolutely roasted Kelvin Joseph on the double move. Those types of plays you're seeing now, those are the MVP type plays. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence should win MVP, but I do think there's a conversation that he should be like a top five MVP candidate right now, because who has done more with less in the league this year than Trevor Lawrence? I know that you can say Evan Ingram's having a great year. Zay Jones is having a great year. Christian Kirk's having a great year. Yeah, but if you stacked those gr- that group of receiv- receivers up against any other group of receivers in the league, they're probably yeah. in the bottom half, right? Even with how they're playing right now. Yeah. I so, And I'll be honest, man. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I just think that he's playing at an unbelievable level. The guys are feeding off of it. And it's contagious right now for these Jaguars. Again, they've won four out of their last six after losing five straight. And they've beaten some damn good football teams. Dallas Cowboys, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans. uh, Maybe not a great football team right now, but a team that uh, still has a 500 record and and, uh, has been obviously a menace for the Jaguars throughout their history. You know what was funny? You mentioned Gus Bradley. I think... I saw that. I can't remember who tweeted it or where I saw it. Doug Peterson only needs eight wins to surpass Gus Bradley on the Jaguars all-time coaching list. Oh, man. That's uh. tough. That's tough for Gus, man. That's hard. I love Gus. Gus is my guy. But yeah. The thing with this Jaguars team, man, is they always they always thought they could still make the playoffs. And I mean, I'm, I wrote them off like three times so far this season, and I'm starting to look at draft position and saying, hey, Calvin Ridley comes in next year. You know, next year is going to be the year. They kept believing in the fact that they could make the playoffs, and here they are in the driver's seat after the Chiefs game. I go, okay, it's over. Like, there's no way they're coming back from that. And then, you know, they went against the Ravens. I go, okay, you know, if they beat the Lions, lose to the Lions. I go, okay, it's over again. Mm-hmm. Beat the Titans. Beat the Cowboys. Here we are. We're now we're still talking about. It. I got to I got to. I got to write a formal apology letter to Doug Peterson, the Jaguars, because I've written them off several times. And you know, I was like, still, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, this was a good season, good start for Doug. You know, you started to see it. You got Trevor. 
He's made these guys better, like you're saying. But they're still there, and they have this opportunity in front of them. The plays that Trevor's making, incredible. Even the play when, when he fumbled at the end of the game. What an incredible play to escape, to run for mm-hmm. that first down. Fumbles. Okay, you're heartbroken. You think this game is over. How many players can pick themselves back up? You look at him in the sidelines. He's in the game still. He sees the defense. He's cheering on the defense. He gets back on the field, takes him down the field, and gets him in field goal range to kick that field goal. His attitude, the interviews after the game, you know, we're the same team. We always believe this. We thought we could do it. We stuck together. And now you're starting to see it pay off and start to see people recognize exactly the attitude I want my quarterback to have. Yeah. Exactly my the attitude. The plays he's making right before he threw the uh, the touchdown to um to uh, Marvin Jones, he he escapes, rolls out, hits Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram had a heck of a game, but he dropped that one. I mean, it's a tough catch. Mm-hmm. But hits him, touched. It should have been a touchdown. Next play, some quarterbacks. Oh man, you know like, he the guy dropped the touchdown. Comes back, does it again. The next play, the things like that is what impresses me the most about Trevor Trevor Lawrence. The fact that he will make a mistake and he will come right back and he will correct it and he will still get the ball in the end zone and get the job done. That is what, to, to me, what makes a quarterback great. And I can I can say now that he is playing like a great quarterback. Yeah, he really is. You love to see it. And you haven't seen this um, this level of play ever in Jacksonville from the quarterback position. Blake had some stretches where you were really excited, but this is a guy Blaine elevating Gabbert? the entire team. Blaine get No, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> Blaine train, baby. Make it no. Blaine on them hoes. Um, How do you stop Trevor, though? That, so I was I was looking at some um, some stats. I know you're a stat guy. And um, so first off is his first pick in 204 passes, the second longest streak in Jaguars history. That's pretty incredible. But on third down, he went six for six with two touchdowns. Mm. Under pressure, six for nine for 44 yards. And it gets the blitz. Six for six with 70 yards and a touchdown. You can't blitz this guy. When you pressure him, he's getting the ball out and he's hitting it. You're, he's, he went six for six against the Blitz. That's incredible. Awesome. That's incredible. You can't Blitz this guy. How are you going to stop him? You can't Blitz him. You just got to hope. You got to sit back. You got to play coverage. And you got to hope that the guy makes a mistake. That's how you – when you can't Blitz a guy and there's no there's no actual book on, okay, we just need to Blitz him, get him under pressure, and he just – he crumbles. That's another reason why Trevor's great. Yeah, and there's no book for a coverage to play on him either right now. He and Patrick Mahomes are the only two players in the league with a, um, a positive EPA against every single different type of coverage you can run. Yeah. He's 20 he doesn't years have old. a weakness right now. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with his own skill set, his own work ethic, his own belief, but a lot of it has to do with Doug. You said, how do you stop Trevor? I would say remove Doug from the equation and maybe you have an opportunity, but Doug is operating on such a high level as a play caller right now. I thought that him versus, um, what a game and Campbell was going to be really good, really good chess match. No, Doug had, had him, you know, just reeling the entire game, um, in terms of the way he was calling plays. And 
I did want to bring up a lot of people on the interception were critical of Trevor for not seeing Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram did get open on that play. uh, And they said that Trevor just made a bad read. I didn't think that. I thought that Christian Kirk needed to bend in and stop. And it was just a miscommunication by the two of them. And yeah, um, I I saw Nate Tice, who does a great job on the athletic football show. He also uh, believed that in in that situation, Christian Kirk needed to just uh, hit the brakes and Trevor was going to hit him there. But miscommunication, no big deal. One interception in the last six games. I just wanted to say back and he came back right afterwards, slinging it. And yeah. when, when's the game? Yeah. That's the and, crazy thing. Yeah. A lot of quarterbacks, that happens. They're gun shy now. You see Dak. Dak threw one. That's why he comes back. Obviously, wasn't his fault at the end of the game there. But he throws another, loses the game. Yeah. And those were – well, the, the second one was not his fault. Dak Prescott. No, that was, um, I mean, he had the ball. You know, Noah Brown had two touchdowns. Actually, Noah Brown had three touchdowns. Thanks, Noah Brown. You yeah. gave us one of them. So, I mean, what we could put can, that on the stats too, right? What can Brown do for you? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the first one was an inexplic- inexplicable throw by Dak. I don't know what he was thinking there. He's under pressure, rolling right. He's about to get hit. He tries to deliver. That's a throw that Trevor Lawrence can make. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a throw that Dak can make? Not right now, it looks like anyways. Um, but I also, you know – we can say a lot of things about this Jaguars defense. You know, they struggle in coverage, whether yeah. wherever Darius Williams and Tyson Campbell are not. Yeah. You want to target that other corner. Yeah. Uh, you want to target the linebacker spot, you know, not for Lewican, but whoever's playing next to him. Um, you can talk about all that stuff, but this is a defense that forces turnovers. Uh, they stood up big, you know, after Trevor Lawrence had that fumble. The Cowboys only held the ball for 13 seconds and the Jags got the ball back. And, you know, who knows what Mike McCarthy's thinking uh, with his play calling and, and all that, his decision. That deep pass on third down. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. But uh, the Jags defense, they deserve some credit here, right? I know yeah. 34 points is ugly. Uh, and really 22 points against the Titans the week before that was not a great performance and then 40 points against the Lions but they keep fighting and keep scrapping and keep coming back after it even though they're not that great they are uh, I believe tied for sixth in the NFL and turnovers forced I think tied for fifth and turnover differential so you can talk about long term this what you need to do to this defense and the different personnel decisions that need to be made. But right now they're not great, but they are at least opportunistic. And uh, that can do some things for you when you have a quarterback and a head coach like Doug Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the defense, like you said, man, when I'm watching it, you know, like I said, I just rewatched the game. I mean, it's, it's up and down because obviously you don't want your defense to, to give up. 34 points, but they made some big plays in, in some key situations to get off the field and, and give the Jags the ball back. So, you know, overall, obviously you need more, you want to be better. You want to hold them in that, you know, 22 or something point range there, but uh, they're winning the turnover battle. And if you win the turnover battle more often than not, you're actually going to win the game. So as long as we're doing that well, then 
I, I think that's something you can do. And then the fact that, they, I mean, they won the game. That's a huge play by Rayshon Jenkins to send the game. What a game he had. I mean, you just – a 20-game NFC losing streak, like, that's tough, man. That's that's how you know this is a different Jags team. And obviously, the fact that they're in it right now. But if you needed more of a reason, that's – I mean, that's pretty crazy. A 20-game NFC losing streak. And yeah. I'd like I to see them get some game. pressure. Yeah. Oh, the in last one they won? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I hope it wasn't back it was when New I was York playing. the Giants. It was yeah. 2018. It was good to see him. They got a little bit of pressure. I don't know the, the number on the sacks. I know Arden Key got got one. Um, the, you know the D the D lines coming coming to life a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah, it's good to see Trayvon that. Without Trayvon Walker. Yeah, without Trayvon Walker, Arden Key had one and a half, and then um, Allen Josh had Allen sack. had one. Yeah, and Foley had Fadikasi a half. got the uh, the half. Yeah, so yeah. Josh Allen, Arden Key, good to see those guys coming to life. You get them them boys going on the D line, and I mean that's uh that's gonna be tough for for offenses to stop. What's the yeah? And Smoot the played deal really with well Trevor. too. He deserves Smoot credit. played really well. Yeah, couple big um, run stops at the end there. Yeah. What were you going to say, though? What was the deal? What's with? the deal with Trevor uh, Trayvon? So, yeah, Doug Peterson met with the media yesterday, and we're on a short week here. It's Tuesday, and there's a game, yeah. not tomorrow, but the next day, right? Um, so a little bit weird playing on Thursday night. Yeah. But Doug Peterson said that Trayvon Walker is day-to-day with an ankle, okay. and Foley Fatukasi is also day-to-day with an ankle. He said he's optimistic, though, that these two guys could go, so – that, that would obviously be huge for the Jaguars defensive line to have those two players available in this game. Um, but yeah, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see how it goes. And everybody else that was on the injury report yesterday, Doug feels good about, except for Cam Robinson, who is going to be out for the remainder. Yeah, of the so I was going to say, what, do you think, I mean, this, this is a team that's only given up 24 sacks in 14 games. Trevor Lawrence has been one of the best protected quarterbacks in the NFL. How do you think, that affects him with with cam being gone how about this for walker little he goes into a game against the dallas cowboys as a backup swing tackle right yeah not only does he have to line up against micah parsons (laughs) yeah at left tackle but he also has to line up against dexter lawrence or demarcus lawrence at right tackle in this game because Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson both had injuries at different points in this one. So, you know, kudos to Walker Little for surviving. Um, but, yeah, I think that overall is Cam going to probably bring a little bit more consistency at this point in his career, a little bit more refinement to the position than Walker Little? Yeah, but do I think Walker Little can get the job done? I mean, I think he played pretty well against Lawrence and Parsons, all things considered. And you're not going to face a more dynamic pass rush duo than that the rest of the season. Uh, This will be big. Yeah. so This will be big for him, too, because Juwan Taylor is a free agent. He's going to – you know, you're going to have to pay a little bit this next season for Juwan Taylor. Obviously, he's a guy that a lot of people criticize in the past, but he's held his own this year. Yeah. And he's had a solid year. So now Walker Little gets the opportunity to say, hey, I'm selling my rookie deal. You know, you guys have some cap problems. You need to save some money. I can get this job done. 
So to me, this is a huge opportunity for Walker Little. I remember talking to him in training camp and, you know, I see him over there. He's working on his sets with man hurts and he's a, he's a diligent worker, a guy that gets his job done. So, you know, he wants it. It's a big opportunity for him as, as a player. If I'm him, I mean, I'm just studying, I'm licking my chops. This is my chance to show the coaching staff that I'm a guy that they can count on in big time games at the end of the season. This is a huge opportunity for him. If he wants to be in the starting lineup, second round pick, you know, everybody's saying, Oh shit, Juwan Taylor, Walker little. Now it's his opportunity. You're going to be able to start. What can you do? This is your audition for the starting lineup next year. Obviously to big, big time to, to step in right now. You're in the playoff hunt, but for him personally, as a player, this is a big part, a big time for his career. I knew when the starter went down and whenever I got a chance to start the few games, it was, you know, as a number two tight end, huge games for me. And that's what helps you stick around. You prove that when the starter goes down and you can step in and it's not that much of a drop off, that's when you have success and you can, you can stay long in this league. And as a player, every player knows that this guy goes down off. It's a big opportunity for me. I got to take advantage of this. And I think he will. Yeah, I think he will too. Um, again, he survived the Cowboys, so he should yeah. be all right, right? And I mean, that's a tough guy, pass rush. As a as a rookie last year, or yeah, as a rookie last year, he did come in at the end of the season for Cam Robinson, similar to this situation, with two games left, and he played really well against the Patriots and the Colts, who had at at that time two really good defensive lines. So I. Is it something to monitor? Absolutely. You lost your starting left tackle. You're paying $18 million per year. But I think Walker can get the job done. I do. And speaking of getting the job done, we're going to talk about the Jets a little bit here. I wanted to go over really quickly, though, kind of the playoff scenarios for the Jaguars. And it really all comes down to winning the AFC South. So if the Jaguars, if they go 2-0 and and the Titans go 2-0, and these next two games, the final. Yeah, what game, happens? Yeah, what happens if the Titans win? If the Titans go two and zero these next two weeks, and the Jags go two and zero, the final game will be for the division. That that whoever wins that game will win the division. If the Jaguars go one and one, and the Titans go one and one, the final game will be for the division. However, if the Jaguars go one and one, and the Titans go two and zero. The Jags are out. It won't matter who wins the last. Yeah, they'll have less loss. Yeah. Loss. So uh, you cannot have the Titans going two and zero these next two weeks, and they play against the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. And it looks like Ryan Tannehill might not play this weekend against the Texans. So obviously, you'd rather see a rookie Malik Willis going up against a fiery Lovey Smith defense than Ryan Tannehill if you're a Jaguars fan. So they've played um, well too, man. The Texans are a tough out. I mean, yeah, you look what they did to two good, like the Cowboys last minute overtime with the Chiefs. Like this team is playing some good football. I'm honestly, I think the Texans win. The Texans are you don't look at the Texans right now against the Titans. Yeah, you don't look at the Texans right now and think that this team is an easy okay, they've only won one, two games. No, this team. Is they just took the best team in the league, arguably, at least the best team in the AFC, mm-hmm. to overtime. 
Yeah, and they did it to the Cowboys the week before. Two of the best teams. Yeah. So, um, I agree with you. They're going to be really tough. I, if the Texans and Jets played this week, I would probably take the Texans. Texans. That's how the Texans, Texans are playing right now. Um, yeah. But not to overlook the Jets at all. They have a really talented defense of their own and some good offensive playmakers. Um, but to finish out this playoff scenario, even if the Titans go 0-2 over the next two games and the Jaguars go 2-0, and you still have to beat the Titans to get in because the tiebreaker, if the Jaguars and the Titans were 1-1 one one against each other and you don't have the head-to-head tiebreaker, would be the division record. And the Titans already have three division wins while the Jaguars only have two. That so, was my question, yeah. So I was going to ask if they finish with the same record and we go one and one so that the titans would win that yeah yeah well well that makes yeah, it simple then the jaguars if they if they lose to the texans they would only have two division wins going into the final week um and if they beat the texans they would have three and depending on what the Titans do, the Titans already have three. If they lose to the Texans, they remain at three. But then if they beat the Jaguars, they would get to four division wins. So basically, it's going to come down to the Jaguars are going to have to beat the Titans at the end of the season. And they really need to go at least one and one here and hope the Titans do not go two and zero, oh, which doesn't feel likely that the Titans will do that at this point. Yeah. But Mike Vrabel, the Titans, they love... They love these spots when when everyone considers them down and out. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it comes out. That's a tough, resilient football team. But that's kind of the playoff scenario for the Jaguars right now. Um, just wanted to go over that with you all real quick. So looking at the Jets game, Thursday night football, New York, New Jersey, technically. Um, looks like it's going to be a little chilly. Maybe a little rainy, yeah. kind of what you expect from New York this time of year. But uh, this is a strong, fast, aggressive defense. You know, really, really impressive defense. But overall, uh, below average offense. I mean, you you have your skill position players that you really like with some of those receivers, but you don't know who's playing quarterback this week. Is it going to be Zach Wilson, who did some nice things, you know, out of structure last week, but still doesn't look like he can operate an offense at a high level just from a operational standpoint, knowing what he's supposed to be doing and executing on a play-in, play-out basis? Is he going to play? Is it going to be Mike White, who apparently suffered three fractured ribs? Um, wow. Robert Sala hasn't declared who will start for, in this game yet for the Jets at quarterback, but Mike White, this is a guy that the Jets players, fans, coaches believe in. The guy that has played pretty well when he's gotten into games this year. So I'd be, if I'm a Jaguars fan, which I am, I'd be wanting Zach Wilson to play in this game. And I, not only because I think Zach Wilson isn't as good as Mike White right now, but Zach Wilson, he tormented the Jaguars in New York last year. Uh, and and the Jets kind of beat down Trevor Lawrence and these Jets in New York last year. So I think it's fitting that uh, Trevor <laughs> might have to go play Zach Wilson. Returns the favor. Who was the number two overall pick last year. Trevor's number one. Um, 
to continue to exercise these demons of the Jaguars past. You've got the Jets, who, you know, they took Zach Wilson last year, and Zach Wilson's 1-0 against Trevor Lawrence. You've got the Texans, who the Jaguars have not beaten since 2017. And you've got the Titans, who are the Jaguars' all-time nemesis, the most hated team in franchise history. They've ruined a lot of seasons for the Jaguars. So for them to get into the playoffs, it's going to take exercising even more demons than you've already seen this year. They've broken a lot of streaks. They've broken a lot of these long, ugly, ugly streaks, like the NFC one, the road it's game fitting. one, all that It's stuff. fitting. Yeah. Yeah. This Jets team's, uh, you know, obviously I cover the Bears for uh, – you know, a couple CBS. I have a podcast over there as well. Um, and uh, we had the Jets. We had the Jets game um, a couple weeks back. And Mike White looked like Peyton Manning. I mean, he looked unbelievable. He he tore us apart. And obviously the Bears defense is, is not good. But uh, Mike White had a heck of a game. He was getting the ball to Garrett Wilson like crazy. Elijah Moore. Um they got some talent on that offense, and Mike White does a good job of getting them the ball. And this team made shirts for Mike White. This team loves Mike White. They yeah. want to play for Mike White. They made shirts about this guy, his backup quarterback, Mike White. They, they pull for him. Zach Wilson isn't the most loved guy in that locker room from everything I've heard. They, they don't. They, Mike White is a guy that inspires this team. And that defensive line – and linebackers that D line is tough and mm-hmm. obviously coming in with your with your starting left tackle out going against a D line like the Jets is not what you want to do I mean sauce Gardner is a lockdown corner I mean it's yeah. crazy to say but sauce is he's a rookie but he is a lockdown corner this guy can yeah. play yeah so this is uh, – and I think there's some – you know, they gave up 250. The, the Lions have a great offense, but they gave up 250 through the air, 100 on the ground to the Lions. So I think Doug will be able to find some holes on this defense like he always does, but it's going to be tough. Watching them against the Bears, they they really handed to him, and obviously, you know, the Bears aren't the the best team in the league, and, and you had – we had Trevor Lawrence – Trevor Lawrence – Trevor Simeon, sorry – Jesus, Trevor <laughs> Simeon, the other Trevor playing when when Justin Field was out and Trevor Simeon had a uh, sports hernia that he had to get fixed. So he's playing injured. But the Jets really uh, are, are a good team. Solid defense. Offense is much better when Mike White's playing. Myself, I would love to see Zach Wilson playing similar reasons as you. I think it's fitting, but also just because I don't think Zach Wilson is as good. And I think he's kind of a distraction when he's out there. And he's going to give you hes going to give you the ball. He's going to throw a pick at some point. He's going to oh, do yeah. something dumb. I mean, you can count death taxes and Zach Wilson turning the ball over in a crucial situation. I mean, that, that's why I think that, you know, Zach Wilson would be much better. And we got to remember Robert Sala, former Jaguars coach, you know. Yeah, he's coming, former he's linebackers coach. Former linebackers coach. Robert Sala used to love Sala. We talk a lot. I was a tight end going against his linebackers. I always say, I love the way you play, man. I love that mentality. Keep messing with him. Keep messing with him. Because I'm a guy that would play to the whistle. You know, if there's a guy sitting around the pile, I'm going to come hit you. Yo, keep your head up, man. You know, I love the way you play. And I got a chance to talk to Coach Sala um, in the preseason when I was uh, doing some work with the Eagles. I was down in the field. And me and Sala had a nice little chat. And I'm like, hey, what you think, man? And he's like, hey, we got a team this year, man. We got a team this year. And he's a good guy. I wish him the best but just not on Thursday. Sorry, Coach Sala. Not this week. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him too. Um, I hope he's able to 
you know, get the Jets where he wants to get them and needs to get them for him to stick around long term. Injuries haven't really been on his side this year, but it does look like the Jets might be getting Quinn and Williams back, who, for my money, has been probably the most dominant interior defensive lineman in the league this year, not named Aaron Donald. And he might have he might be playing at that same level as Aaron Donald right now. He's yeah, unbelievable. He's a beast. He's but a he beast. missed last week. Um, his brother, Quincy, was talking about him. He thinks that Quinnen will be back this week, but there's not been any official word. He's still limited in practice. Um, and speaking of Quincy, this is a guy the Jaguars decided was not good enough to play for them. All he does for the Jets is just make freaking plays. He runs all over the field. This might be – I mean, this is a – Fast, fast linebacker core. Juan Alexander is one of the best athletes at linebacker in the league, and so is Quincy Williams. So this is a a team that can fly downhill, can make a lot of plays, and I think Doug Peterson can use that against them with misdirection, with getting things going. He'll sideline. Yeah, sideline to sideline, get them going in the wrong direction a little bit, and then take advantage of them. Um, You know, Doug has just done a great job uh, against pretty much every – defensive coordinator that he's faced this year i mean even against the lions it wasn't like the lions were stopping the jags the jags were stopping themselves with drops and 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 and, uh, offensive line mistakes and things like that so i think that the jags will be able to score against the jets will the jags defense be able to stop the jets offense i think that really is going to come down to like we said who's playing quarterback for one but also how does the offensive line hold up against the Jaguars defensive front? That's been playing a little bit better lately. The Jags defensive front has, yeah. you've got um, a lot of injuries on the jets offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker's on IR. Max Mitchell's out. Cedric Abway is on IR. Uh, Dwayne Brown is questionable. He's limited right now. George Fant questionable. He's limited right now. Uh, so, I think the Jags and they gave up a bunch of pressure last week when they played, um, who did they lose to last week when they yeah. played the Lions? The Lions, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the Jags I, – I think that on paper you, you could roll with the Jags in this one probably. Um, now, playing on the road has been more difficult for these Jaguars. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's tough. It, you know, playing on the road is always hard, especially in New York. New York Giants – New York Giants. New York Jets have, have a good fan base. They're going to be there. They're going to be loud. And that's going to make – it always makes offense hard. And there's a lot of key matchups, you know. How's how's Christian Kirk going to get opening at Sauce Gardner? You know, you got DJ Reed Jr., Michael Carter. They got good cornerbacks as well. Yeah. That's This whole defense is good. Sauce is the number one graded pro football focus um, cornerback in the whole league as a rookie. I mean, wow. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this guy is just – I Special mean, he's talent. a stud. He's special. So can they get separation for Trevor to throw the ball? Obviously, these guys get separation. You can get it to them. But uh, I think, like you said, Doug Peterson is going to use the misdirection. I think this could be another big game for for Evan Ingram. Use that mm-hmm. interior speed. He's turned into such a good weapon. They're going to have to drop. They're going to. He's made a lot of money this year. He, they're going to have to drop some, some serious coin to keep Evan Ingram. But I would keep Ingram – over uh Jawan Taylor in my opinion if you had to go down to to a couple of the big offensive free agents 
I just love what the Evan Ingram's turned into. If you get this guy going, you forget that this guy ran a four three something at the combine, jumped ten five broad, almost a forty inch vertical. Um, you know, so he's he's tough, and I think he's a guy you're going to have to utilize against the Jets. Move the pocket. You know, Trevor's good on the run. Trevor's good anywhere, but move the pocket against his defense and interior running is hard against Williams, like we said. But, uh, you know, I think this is a game that, that the Jags can win. They, they just lost uh, – the Jets just lost to the Lions. They played them tough. Lions beat the brakes off the Jags. But I think that's when the Jags wanted back. So I think this is a uh, – I think this is a good opportunity for, for the Jags to, uh, to really, you know, kind of extend their, their, their winning streak here uh, and, and get a game on the Titans. Yeah. It'll be really, really fascinating contest on Thursday night. Prime time for the Jacksonville Jaguars watching on Amazon Prime. Um, the Jets, they've lost three in a row. The Jaguars have won two in a row. They've won three out of four. They've won four out of six. Um, it looks like all signs are pointing towards the Jaguars heading in the right direction, the Jets heading in the wrong direction. But look, they've still got a football game to play on Thursday night. And the Jets, they're seven and seven. They're fighting for their playoff lives as yeah. well. This is this gonna means, be a huge game. Playoff yeah, caliber. This means game. everything to both teams. Yeah. Everything. Yep. So it's gonna this be This is gonna be fun. I can't yeah. wait. I'm it's gonna be a fight. Thursday night football. This is this is awesome. We might have to uh we might have to do a uh, Friday pod though, man, and, and really talk yeah. about what happens on Thursday. I I'm down for it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just think that when you look at these Jets, they're they're a tough group. They have talent in a lot of spots. Uh, they're going to be hungry. They're going to fight. They're going to scratch and claw just like the Jaguars are. And uh, I think eventually the Jags have got to figure out how to start games a little faster. You're going to eventually face yeah. a defense where you can't just torch them in the second half, right? Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that's not this week. Hopefully the Jaguars can just you know, start playing a little bit better early on in games and, and get it going there. Maybe they'll be able to figure that out this week. We'll see. Um, but that's going to do it for us here today. Before we get out of here, you know what we got to hit you with. What a big win. Jaguars in the playoff playoff talk right now. Got to hit them with a <laughs> Love it. Beautiful. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, don't forget to follow Clay on Twitter, at ClayHarbs82, myself, at Jordan DeLugo. You can uh, subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice or check us out on the Jag YouTube channel. Cannot thank you all enough for tuning in and supporting the show. We really appreciate you. For Believe in Jaguars, I'm Jordan DeLugo with Clay Harbor. You all have a great rest of your Victory Tuesday. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.